Mira and Peter. You're listening to the Mind Takeaway podcast, where we talk about all things mind-related and embrace what it is to be human in an age of technology, digitalization, and information overload. If you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe, leave a review on iTunes, and share with your friends. In this episode, Peter speaks to Stephanie Barnes, painter and business consultant who has an MBA in information technology and a BBA in accounting, as well as being a successful artist. Stephanie finds it hard to call anything a failure and sees the learning in everything that she and her clients do. Her workshops help people embrace their creative side, gets them used to experimenting and opens up the pathway to innovation and tangible and sustainable results. Enjoy listening. Hi there, I'm with Stephanie Bond, so welcome. Thank you, welcome to my studio. Thank you. <laughs> I'm just looking around the place and there's a load of art here already. I've, I've noticed a few pieces I would like to take with me. Let's <laughs> see how nice Stephanie is. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that can be arranged. Yeah. Uh, so, Stephanie, you do many things. Um, so, I guess just to frame you as an artist... Yeah, it's yeah, it's kind of the last thing I've done actually, because I have a an undergrad in accounting and an MBA in IT. So I come at yeah, painting after all of that. <laughs> so after careers in accounting and and finance and and IT, and was looking for a hobby and was like or looking for life outside mm. of studying maybe is a better way to put it, and and uh, tried about. Try to different things, you know, drawing and photography and jewelry, uh, beading and yeah, uh, golfing. Yeah, tried a bunch of stuff because I thought, oh, I'm an MBA, I should golf, but I don't like golfing. <laughs> um, but I did this um, leadership workshop in 2011, and and that's where we did the this first painting that's over on the wall there that you mm. noticed when you came in. And uh, yeah, I was like, oh, this is fun. I gotta do more of this. Um, so yeah, it's, and then I started adding it into my, my consulting work that I was doing already. And, and now that has evolved further as well, because I now do more consulting around innovation and creativity mm. with organizations or with people. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, still paint and yeah, do all kinds of things. I have all kinds of hats that I wear. So. Right. So you're originally from Canada, is that right? Yes. Yeah. And yeah. how did you end up in Berlin then? um so i have dual citizenship my mother was born in the uk so i have Mm. british citizenship and uh yeah when i left my computer job at at hp um i thought i had never done anything with the citizenship i hadn't filed all the paperwork and things i thought i'm gonna do that and then i can work in in europe um and people won't have to do all the visa stuff Mm. and and you know it'll be easier to come and go um, and then at one point I just decided, why not live there? So I looked around different, tried out different cities, tried out different cities, but Berlin had a, an energy to it mm. that, that, yeah, attracted me. And I kept coming back and going, okay, I have to figure this out and make this work. And then, yes, uh, almost four years ago I moved. Great. So uh, I love it here. Yeah, I can resonate with that. Obviously, I'm in Berlin as well. (laughs) And I guess for artists or anyone who wants to pursue a creative career, then it's actually a nice place, right? Because I'm actually up to. I'm not sure about that because there are so many artists here. So there's lots of stuff to see and you know be exposed to and go, oh wow, they're doing Mm. that. So it's good for inspiration. I'm not sure about 
the making a living from art in Berlin is a good thing. It's not so easy now. <laughs> no. And like you say, there's many people here saying that they're an artist, but then yeah. how do you how do you make an income? How do you pay your rent? Right? Yeah. 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 So talking about creativity, this is something this is your bread and butter, right? Yeah. So you've had a solid corporate career. Yep. And obviously what you do is um help companies get more creative and I guess drive innovation right yeah yeah absolutely yeah. so it's interesting that as, as a as a as your painting started it came from I guess what you would say not so or not such a creative background because you were in a corporate leadership I guess what a workshop on offsite yeah and this was one of the activities right yeah that's pretty cool because I've been to many offsites as a leader as well most of them were uh, kind of boring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, and at the time, I really didn't understand how painting, and we did a bunch of artistic and mm. creative activities in this two-day workshop. I really didn't see the linkage to, to leadership, you know. Uh, just, okay, that's that's fine. Mm. And But but I now, with some, some distance and having incorporated into the consulting and the work that I do, I definitely see the linkage because that, it changed my, um, I was always, I'd like to say, pretty brave at my management style, my leadership style and, and taking a risk. But but starting to paint and being more creative um, and taking that risk just added another layer to that, another level to that. Oh, look, the, the floor didn't open up and swallow me whole when I poured paint yeah. on my canvas, you know. Um, and I got some really cool effects. So, yeah, it, it ended up kind of transferring over to yeah my day job you know in the, the business world going oh well what happens if I try this this didn't work the way that I thought it would let's give this a try mm. you know and so it made that that it much more iterative you know and so this is what I talk to companies about that's you know, so is, cool is how it, that started yeah, yeah. That you can you see that clearly yourself and you know your journey actually included that yeah because let's be honest many corporates or big entities big uh, companies they talk about creativity and innovation a lot, right? Yeah. And they talk about disruption, especially nowadays. That's the buzzword. Yeah. But in reality, it's kind of all talk, right? They don't really know how to take that first step. And also, correct me if I'm wrong, it seems a little bit stiff and people are a bit scared of that word creativity, even innovation. Yeah. People go, okay, I'm okay with that. They're kind of middle with that. But yeah. what's your experience of that? Well, I totally agree. You know, they have taken creativity and innovation and made a process out of them, you know, and said, oh, first we have to do this and then we have to do this. And, you know, and it's like doing your taxes all of a sudden. <laughs> I was like, no, this isn't creativity. Yeah, that's the opposite of what we want, right? Yeah. Because tax, let's be honest, is the worst subject. <laughs> so boring. And I say yeah. that as someone that used to yeah. do taxes. Yes, ah, okay. absolutely. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, tax has mystified me for... Yeah most of my adult <laughs> life, you know, whereas creativity, I'm like, oh, okay, that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, 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 creativity is, and so it disappoints me, you know, and that they have taken this and made a process yeah. out of it just to monetize it, you know, yeah. and it's it's supposed to be about reflection and opening space yeah. up and, you know, trial and error and trying things out. And, yeah. and that's what's so great about the painting and, and the creativity stuff that I do in the workshop is we get to do that. Yeah. No, not with accounting and numbers and sales Stuff, but but with with things that we can iterate on faster and then, and then I can say well but imagine doing that in your day job you know being able to try and, and see what happens mm, yeah. 
um, you know, and people really take that to heart. So it gives them a lot more confidence that, that it's yeah, okay. Yeah, I can, I can resonate with that because you, if you're really stuck or you, you know, you're facing some challenging situations, and let's be honest, if you if you have targets or KPIs, etc., it, it, it can be challenging, right? Oh. So to be able to be taken out of your normal daily working life and be given a different scenery and also... Don't use the right one, but, you know, um, a blank sheet of paper, you know, it's a blank canvas. Yeah. That must be pretty cool for people because initially they probably think, oh, my God, what do we do next? It's very intimidating. I guess when they get into that element and you see pe- people getting into flow, yeah, then that's where the magic is, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But it is very intimidating for people, you yeah. know. And even the first thing I did in my workshops was were scribble drawings and they get you know, bunched up in a ball and thrown in the garbage afterwards. But even that's intimidating for people just to scribble on a piece of paper, you know, and uh, it's okay. Mm. <laughs> you know, we're not creating the Mona Lisa, right? Yeah, I was going to ask you, so what occurred to me when you said that is, do you think it's about a fear of um, being judged? Or, Absolutely. Yeah. And so many people have had terrible experiences in art classes as, as a me student. Me too, as, as a, a kid. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, oh, I did too. Yeah. You know, I stopped art class as soon as I could in grade eight, you know, or 13, yeah. so. I, I just had this narrative I couldn't draw, right? Yeah. I had an art teacher called Mr. Corns, and uh-huh. he was this big, wiry old gentleman. Yeah. And he wasn't very arty. He was yeah. very stiff. He wore a suit. Yeah. And he would have these big arms that would come over me when I'm in my element, you know, just drawing spaceships or whatever. Yeah. And he would scroll over it like it oh. was rubbish. And then oh. he would make me do it again. And yeah. it just completely... I guess switched me off to our class. Yeah, yeah. Which is a shame, right? Yeah, it is because yeah. who cares? You know, it's your expression. You know, what you know that's the painting. It's it's my expression. It doesn't have to look like anything. Yeah. It's why I paint the you know the abstract stuff that I paint is because it doesn't mm. look like a tree, mm. and no one's going to stand in front of me and go, oh well, that doesn't the tree the branch isn't quite right there. No, because there's no branch. So yeah, this is why I paint what I paint. Mm-hmm. Okay. And can I ask you, um, what do you think creativity is? I know that's quite a wide thing. And where does it come from? What do you think? I think it's within all of us. I think that, as we were just talking about, yeah. it gets educated out of us mm. and traumatised by you know, <laughs> yeah. teachers out of us. Yeah. Well-meaning teachers, I'm sure. But, you know, it. yeah, there's some definitely just some trauma there. Um, but I think creativity is, is much wider. I mean, for me, it's about painting and, and things. But... It's much wider than that. I've seen it translate into my cooking. I'm not going to be any kind of a chef anytime soon, but but it's given me more confidence just to try stuff in the mm. kitchen and di- different ingredients. And, well, I like something from this recipe and something for this, so I'm going to put them both together and see what happens, you know? And then I get something that I like that I would never have had that confidence before, you know? So creativity is just, a, I think, a willingness to try something that you haven't done before. So whether that's yeah, cooking or gardening or painting or you know, a different a different way to get from A to B, you mm-hmm. know, is is that can be creative too. So yeah. Got you. And where do you think this creative force or energy comes from? So for example, when you I don't know if you do, by the way, but I'm just thinking uh, many artists that speak to, and especially me being a musician, I used to have a way of approaching how I would go to start making a particular piece of music. Mm. Now, actually, I just do whatever occurs to me, whatever makes sense. Yeah. So I could start with 
uh, a bass line or a vocal or a kick drum, whatever. Whereas in the past, I used to convince myself that I had this tight structure and unless I start this way, it wasn't going to start off on the right foot or something. Yeah. 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 How about you? Um, very much like your your music process now. Yeah. I just start where, you know, I put the canvas, I decide which canvas I'm going to mm. use and I look at my shelf of paints and go, you know, which one grabs me, and then and then I just start and let whatever's going to come come. So I use you know different utensils, or I've gotten a lot lately that I put gloves on my hands. I use just my hands to spread the paint cool. around, and yeah, it feels really good, you know. Mm. <laughs> Very spread. tactile. Yeah. So you put your gloves on, and then yeah. you actually immerse them in the paint. Uh, no, it's 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 fluid. Uh-huh. Okay. So I just yeah. pour it in my hand, uh-huh. like okay, cool. like shampoo yeah. you know and rub it around and then and then just wherever you yeah. you go just, in that state of flow i guess yes yeah yeah right. just to smooth it out so i really want yeah. to go nice <laughs> maybe we should do that after Let the video covered in pain, yeah. <laughs> do you ever get stuck with creativity so i'm always interested in speaking to people about um do you ever lose your mojo for example or does does that ever, you know that spark does it ever go out and if you do what is there anything you do about it i don't look at it that way you know people talk about procrastinating yeah. or yeah losing the spark and and i don't look at it that way it's just it's not the right time so this painting you know here that's beside me that's out mm. of the frame um you know I started that a few weeks ago i haven't worked on it probably in about 10 days okay. but i don't feel like it's just not the right time you know it's it's still, I come in and I talk to the painting every day, you know, because it sits here on my table and, yeah. and you know, and I look at the paints and I go, mm, you know, is it is it the right time for this? And and I have this little discussion, if that doesn't yeah. sound too crazy with the painter, the paints and the paint, the painting. And, and that's like, mm, yeah, no, today's not the day, you know, or maybe, you know, you're going to use the orange, but not today, you know, tomorrow or the next day, mm. you know, so... I look at it like it's a, an ongoing discussion and dialogue with the the artwork and the right time. If it takes me, you know, some paintings I've finished in two months mm-hmm. and some I've done, I did three um, great big ones about a year and a half ago um, in two and a half weeks. Mm-hmm. I was exhausted, you know, but they just... But it, it just it had just, to come it out. It just right? had to come out, exactly. So you were just in your element and it happens. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I can resonate with that. Similar for me for music, I used to... Like I say, get a bit stuck. Yeah. But then what occurred to me is just leave it. And yeah. it but it was lighter, so it, it seemed to come from a nice space, call it wisdom, whatever. Yeah. Exactly like that. So if I work on something and it's not really working, I'll just leave it. Yeah. And that makes total sense to me, whereas I'm guessing a lot of people may be watching or listening to this and sometimes might put a bit of pressure on themselves sure. to really have it done in a certain amount of time. But who's to say what time it should take to finish any one particular thing, right? Yeah, yeah. It, Everything yeah. has its own time. Yeah. And would you um, would you have any tips for anyone who wants to start out as an artist or a painter? Is there anything you would say to them that might be useful? Because again, I'm not really one for um, giving advice as such. Yeah. But is there anything you think mm, that might be useful to to know? Um, just start. You know, just do it like the the Nike commercial, yeah, right? Yeah. Just do it and just start and don't, you know, don't worry about it if you don't know what you're doing. There's lots of YouTube videos. I got some ideas from mm. YouTube videos, you know, like go and look at other artists work and get some ideas. But then I just have fun with it. Play, 
you know, put the gloves on and, and play with the paint and see what you can do. You know, it lets your, it lets your inner child come out, right? Mm. This, this stuff. Like so. so yeah, mm. just let the inner child play for a little while and see what happens. Don't worry if it doesn't look like a tree, you know, it, lots of people like landscapes or mm. like, you know, like to be able to paint pictures of something that looks representational, which is great. It's not my thing, but yeah. lots of people like to do that. But don't be hard on yourself, you know, just give it a shot and see what, what happens and, and try it out and see, you know, yeah, how you can get better. Or maybe it's not, maybe you don't really want to paint trees. Maybe that was something you picked up from grade school, you know, mm. and you would much rather paint something completely abstract that doesn't have a form. That's great. Give that a try. So don't be afraid. Yeah, I like this. The just get on with it, just do it, take the first step, right? Yeah, yeah. And I love that you pointed back to that childlike place. Yeah. Because I guess kids, right, they get it. Yeah. You know, from birth and obviously up to a certain age before they have all the adult seriousness around you. Yeah. You just get in that flow so quickly. Yeah. And, well, pretty much all of the time, right? <laughs> yeah. I can think back, you know, I, I had, as a kid, Lego. Um, yeah. Then music, but I would just spend hours you know, building or listening to music and time would just disappear, right? Absolutely. As adults, we just end up with, um, I guess, responsibilities. (laughs) And like we talked about people a bit older than us telling us we should be this or that, right? Yeah. 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 Well, you get this idea that, oh, well, I have to be doing something. It has to have an end result. No, it doesn't. Yeah. It's just supposed to be fun. So have some fun. You know, borrow somebody's kids if you don't have any of your own and and watch the kids play, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, Yeah, and just take their lead, right? Yeah. And I like the fact you said it needs to be fun because if you're going to do something, why would it not be fun, right? Yeah, exactly. Again, there's nothing wrong with a bit of seriousness if you can't, you know. And then you you go into a place because, correct me if I'm wrong, when I get into a creative space, there is some kind of cognitive thinking. Mm. Because it's kind of like, oh, I'm going to do this. And it never ends up being like that. (laughs) But then I disappear. Yeah. And then we come back. Yeah. Yeah. And then I try and lay claim, I don't know about you, but my ego's like, that's actually okay. Or sometimes, like I was saying to Neri yesterday, that a lot of the times it's not okay. But I'm okay with that, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, you've learned something, right? In the process. Yeah. I mean, you learn a lot, right? Yeah. From, I guess, the so-called failures. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I find it hard to call anything a failure if you've learned something from it. In fact, it's a good thing, though, now. Yeah, absolutely. I'm actually quite proud of most of my failures. <laughs> Although if you asked me, you know, at the time, in the past, I wouldn't really lay claim to that for sure, right? Sure, yeah. Uh, well, and we're all disappointed that things didn't work the way we thought they were going to work. But now we know that that doesn't mm. work, and we'll do something different next time, right? Yeah. So isn't that somebody's uh, definition of... Insanity is doing the same thing over mm. and over again. <laughs> so we don't want to do that, right? Yeah, so. and I'm guessing along the way, whether you stumble, it, 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 does it really matter? Yeah. And like we've agreed, I think we learned a hell of a lot. And actually it opens yeah. doors, right? Oh, absolutely. Just by some of my biggest failures, I've ended up doing stuff I wouldn't have even envisioned. You know, yeah. I wouldn't even dreamed of doing. Yeah. Whereas, like you say, if I'd stuck to that same thing of doing the loop, you know, would it really have got me anything? It, it might have been safe, but then what's that all about? Yeah. You know, in fact, what is safety as well? Is that even made up, right? Yeah. 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 Is that And is that a good thing to be safe? Yeah. Not so sure. Yeah, I mean, obviously, either. to be safe from harm, that's a good thing, right? Sure. But I, I'm guessing that most of the things that we deem as something we need to be safe from don't really exist. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's not like we're yeah. talking about playing. Or at least that's been my experience. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, so much of it is in our heads, right? Yeah. It's stories that we tell ourselves. Yeah, totally. So, you know, oh, if I don't get the paint right on the painting, you know, <laughs> the floor is going to open up and swallow me whole. Oh, no, it's <laughs> not going to happen. So. And did you ever have a favorite story you were telling yourself that you kind of realized and then moved from? Or? Um. I think certainly I, I had told myself that I wasn't an artist, you know, because yeah, of this, <laughs> this experience times, in, in yeah. school. Yeah, because yeah, I couldn't, you know, I had kids in my class that could draw mm. horses that looked like horses. You know, I was never that kid. And so I was like, oh, well, that, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not an artist. But but now I'm in Berlin and I've had some shows and that's some exhibitions. And yeah, and I am an artist. So yeah, that letting go of that of other people defining what artist means um, was a big deal. Certainly. I mean, that's quite inspirational to hear, you know, because I thought that as well. I mean, my music teacher, again, it might sound really cliche, but didn't really resonate with me. Yeah. Um, and I guess it switched me off a bit and also confidence-wise. And the music teacher was quite clear to say he didn't think I would amount to anything, really. <laughs> yeah. And then I ended up doing, you know, big shows as a professional musician. Yeah. But that's the thing. If, if we were to listen to these things, and yeah. I'm guessing a lot of people do, yeah. and they never really go to try it, right, which is a real shame. It is. It is. And yeah. I think I think people say those things because they think they're being helpful, but they're not. Yeah, I don't think there's anything evil in, in, in what's been said. I think yeah. these people are just doing whatever makes sense. Right? Yeah. And I yeah. guess, correct me if I'm wrong, is it not that sometimes as adults, we, especially when I'm speaking to younger people, or it could be anyone really, or friends or people we, you know, are close to, mm-hmm. a lot of the times because we care for them as well, or we have a duty of care, we end up putting our fears onto them. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely, we project things onto that. Yeah. As did the adults in our lives as we when we were yeah. children. So that music teacher that, you know, told you you wouldn't be a good musician probably had somebody tell him that too maybe right yeah. so yeah. he's passed it on so now now you can stop it <laughs> <laughs> yeah so. so going back to the the work you do with the um the companies mm-hmm. how do you approach these people and w- what's the kind of process do you, I, gu- I guess you don't have anything set I'm guessing that it's probably bespoke, so you probably have a yeah. chat with them, yeah. assess what they need or where they are, right? So yeah. sometimes, you know, like ourselves, with, you know, the work we do, we meet people who are inherently creative, so it's actually really cool and it's quite straightforward or yeah. we're starting from zero and it's quite, as we said, quite stiff. Yeah. And, you know, we have to start slowly and not scare people away and lock the doors. <laughs> exactly, yes, you don't want to scare them away. Um yeah, it, it is dependent on, on their needs. So we do yeah. have a discussion about, you know, what they're looking for. And sometimes they have a very specific problem mm. that, you know, I come in and do a workshop around for a couple of days and, you know, apply some artistic principles to a mm. business problem. And, you know, we do some art while we're at it just because it helps the process. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's more of a generic, you know, helping them understand how they can bring this into um, their day-to-day lives. You know, little activities that they can do to start off a meeting, you yeah. know, to, to get people in the mindset, mm-hmm. get them in the room rather than, you know, thinking about all the things that's piling up on their desks or on their laptops while they're, they're you know, in this meeting room. So, yeah, it just kind of depends. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're both, they're all lots of fun well I think they're lots of fun at least so then yeah. certainly the companies I've worked with you know have found that and and we have solved some interesting problems you know and got 
got through barriers that they hadn't been able to figure out, you know, that, that had been stopping them from making progress. Mm. So that's very satisfying too, to, to see them make that, those breakthroughs. So just, yeah, about it, yeah. yeah, just by asking some different questions and, and getting people out of, you know, I say to people, I'm make you a little bit uncomfortable, um, you know, cause it's getting out of that, um, getting out of the rut, getting out of the comfort zone yeah. and yeah, let's, let's see what happens. You know, yeah. if we, ask some questions that maybe haven't been asked before or you've been afraid a lot of times people have the questions and they've just been afraid to ask them right so make it safe you know and share ideas and yeah try different things and and there is no bad ideas there are no bad questions there are no bad paint on the canvas Mm. so it's all good great so you create a safe environment yeah i like the fact that you're creating that environment where you're framing it where you have to try something new you know mm. there's going to be a change right mm. but i think humans were built for that right and it i can only say my experience i know now because we've been exploring the mind for a long time right that if i'm on the cusp of change i get a bit fidgety and uncomfortable and i'm like okay what's all that about i get curious yeah but i'm guessing for a lot of people it can be really painful right oh absolutely. and they can dream up a lot of scary things and especially in the corporate world where you're a bit stuck and you do need to you know, inject something into your team or your organisation, some fresh thinking. Yeah. And like you say, sometimes these problems are really complex, right? Yeah. So, you know, that old Einstein quote of, you know, you can't take the same thinking to solve that problem, right? Yeah. I don't think yeah. it's exactly that, but you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I don't know what you mean. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So let's apply some new thinking. Let's inject something new in there, yeah. for sure. And so. do you ever get anyone really resistant where they do actually run away or... How do you deal with this? I haven't had anybody actually run away. I have had some people very hesitant for sure, yeah. you know, and, and I just leave it open. You know, we, we put the paints and everything on the table and and I encourage them to try, yeah. you know, and so they'll start out very gingerly, very carefully and things. And by the end, they're usually, you know, full on embraced, you know, using a paintbrush mm. and getting lots of paint in there and, and doing something, you know. So I had... Um, Someone in a, a workshop once that, um, yeah, was very hesitant and he came to me after we we finished the first round of, of painting and he said, oh, I have, have brown paint in my yellow paint and oh, what, what, how do I fix it? And he's like, you're an artist, tell me how to fix it. I'm like, you got brown paint in your yellow. <laughs> That's life. What are you going to do about it? You got to adopt, yeah. right? This is life. You got to adopt. So um, he was shocked that I didn't yell at him. Why would I yell at you? There's what's the point in yelling at you? The, the, I'm not going to give you a new canvas because I only have one per person. So that's it, you know. So what are you gonna? How are you gonna adopt to the brown paint and your yellow? So, and he did, you know. But that also gave him the confidence because I didn't overreact and didn't yell and scream and go, "Oh, you've screwed it up!" And and you know, and I didn't have an answer for how you you know get the brown out of the yellow. Um, other than cut a hole in the canvas, and <laughs> which she really didn't like, um, you know, and so he adopted what he how he was painting, and they were abstract paintings, so they, you know, so it worked anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in the end, he's got this painting that he's very proud of hanging up in his living room. So that was really satisfying. You That's know? really cool. So would you say that some of the most resistant people, with a bit of patience and obviously support and creating that nice safe space for them to actually get creative? They're the people who probably benefit the most from these sessions, right? I think so. 
I think so. You know, when when people are already willing to try things, that's great. You know, and we have a lot of fun too. But it's the people that are like, oh, I don't know, really? Are you going to make me paint? I don't know. No. Oh, there's a big narrative in the story. Yeah, yeah. they've got all this, you know, they probably couldn't tell me all the stuff that's going around in their head. So to, to get through the two days, you know, and have them go, oh, this was pretty cool. I really like what I've done. This wasn't so yeah. scary at all, you know. That transfers to other things. So, yeah. yeah. And I like that, that transference. Yeah. That getting curious about, okay, that's how it is again. Yeah. Because I'm guessing for some of these people, they just forgot that, right? Yeah. Because, correct me if I'm wrong, the way I see it, creativity, it's always there to use it, right? Absolutely. But, you know, with our crazy lives, especially in the corporate world, we just yeah. forget that that's not even a tool. It's just there when we need it, right? Yeah. So yeah. when we get stuck, we've always got that to go for insights and innovation and fresh thinking. Yeah. But I'm guessing some of these people just hadn't had a taste of it for a while. Yeah, yeah. Which is, it's a shame, but it's amazing that you can point them, you know, put that light back on. Yeah, 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 yeah. it's good yeah. fun. So, yeah, we get too caught up in the, the KPIs and the deadlines mm. and the... the boring stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is important. I know it's important, but, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. but it's important to have fun too. Yeah. So stuff like this also, you know, inc increases employee engagement, you know, which is a good thing, you mm. know, because that decreases turnover and it's really expensive to hire good people mm. and well, people generally... Um, but it's important to keep people around once you get them hired. If you've got somebody that fits on your in your organization well, you know, that stuff, doing mm. things that help in, increase or improve employee engagement is a good thing. So, and doing this kind of stuff does. Totally agree with that. You know, I spent most of my corporate career trying to drive engagement mm. um, with success, but also with people then doing the complete opposite after spending a year working on a program for it to be completely tank and go the opposite way. Yeah. So, yeah, I think things like that are really useful. And also that, you know, they're not a nice to have. Correct me if I'm wrong, they're, they're really important they are. as part of the the whole offering. So if you want to drive engagement with employees, yeah. exactly what you said, that the KPIs and the targets and, you know, the goals and the vision of the company is obviously very important. Yeah. However, if you want to have a great culture, you must have fun in there and creativity because it, it's something that's inherently human, right? So yeah. without that, surely people are going to leave, right? Yeah, oh, and, absolutely. And this has been my experience, I guess, for you as well, that yeah. in many companies that I've worked for in the past, unfortunately, regardless of getting the feedback time and time again from pretty much the whole workforce, it just isn't changed, you know? No. It's okay. kind of, they, they, they might go, okay, they, they might agree, but there's no action behind it. And then... For whatever reason, no one really puts anything in there. Yeah. So, do you do you think it costs a lot to drive engagement and you know bring creativity into a business? No, not compared mm. with the cost of losing people, you know, and having to hire them, and yeah, all the mm. all of that cost. It's it's really expensive, especially when you start bringing headhunters into it, recruiters into it. You know, that just amplifies the cost you know so yeah having doing the right things you know around creativity and innovation and and giving people a space to to try things out and and you know have this this more um more autonomy and and those kinds of things yeah i think improving engagement definitely is far far cheaper than yeah the cost of not having 
you know, good employee engagement yeah, and having to hire people all the yeah, time. I totally agree as well because it just seems crazy that it's, and a lot of companies, the understanding is it's a nice to have. Yeah. Whereas it's essential, right? It and is. the thing is, you can spend millions in a big organization on company benefits, you know, employee benefits, all of that stuff. But correct me if I'm wrong, my experience of you know working in these big organizations, most of that I didn't really care about. I'm not going to be horrible. It was just, okay, you got it. And because you were, you kind of got spoiled with that in big organizations, so you just didn't really pay that much attention. Yeah. But if someone said, oh, how would you like to get more creative and do more off-sites and really embrace that whole innovation piece and work on product, I'd be like, wow, that would be great. Yeah. And yeah. it doesn't cost much, right? And no. I'm guessing that once that culture's in there and it becomes something that you flex and becomes um, just part and parcel of what you do, right? Yeah. Absolutely. It becomes, in, I guess, ingrained into the culture of the company. Yeah. And as long as the leadership doesn't change, as long as the, yeah, the leadership, point, you know, maintains that as a something that's important. But mm. yeah, people look at this with creativity stuff yeah. as and employee engagement stuff as as soft skills and all oh, that's not important. What's important mm. is the hard skills that you know, computer yeah. programming and the coding and the uh, you know accounting and you can learn that stuff. You can go to school. You can go. You know, yeah. take an online course. You can learn that stuff. And you can learn the soft skills too, but they're much more difficult to to learn and take some practice and take mm-hmm. some open mindedness and and yes, um, you know, willingness to take a risk. So I'm not mm-hmm. sure how much risk there is in learning to balance a balance sheet. So. Yeah, I was going to say that as well. Is it really a risk? I know that for for some of these leaders, it seems like it's a big risk to get more creative. Yeah. But then, I'm guessing most companies would want to drive innovation, right? And part of innovation gives you tangible results because if you get more creative, that equals problem solving, right? It does. In abundance. Yes. And that means some yeah. of these tough decisions you make in an industry nowadays, let's be honest, in most industries, yeah. where you don't know what's going to happen from one day to the next. So yeah. in terms of strategic thinking yeah. and, a, and a top-down strategy for a company, it's impossible to know what's going to happen in six months to a year now. Yeah. So I'm guessing that the more creative top employees that you have who've got real talent so they've got experience of that industry but they also are comfortable to get creative and problem solve in teams in a room you know within their functions and departments yeah correct me if i'm wrong surely that's going to save a hell of a lot of money absolutely and help the top line absolutely absolutely and the, the critical thinking you know people get caught up in the oh well this is what the book says we should do yeah well what about thinking more critically about it the the book only outlines one specific scenario mm. it doesn't represent full you know real life so that's where the critical thinking comes in but people get so caught up in the well the book says well my professor said yeah. well my teacher said no what does what's real life what's the situation in front of you mm. you've got to read that you know in front of you and that's being creative and being open minded and all of these things that we've been talking about just helps that mm. you know and go oh well but this is different than the last time yeah. and this is how it's different so we should we should you know account for that and do things mm. differently so. and that's been as we said before to be afraid to fail yeah let the wheels come off so to speak because in a controlled environment correct me if I'm wrong if it's done in the right way where you it doesn't cost money, right? Where you just, I don't know, put aside maybe half a day every week or if you can't do it, you know, one day a month, etc. just to get the team in the room and say, right, what are the things that are really causing us, you know, pain points, giving us headaches, yeah. 
let's just throw anything at it and just let's just get creative you know yeah. let's let's bring that childlike state back yeah but apply it to really serious complex issues and see where we are right yeah yeah absolutely you I know that's I, where the juice is or yeah at least that's what i've seen so. yeah you know i say to people channel your inner two-year-old you know <laughs> start asking why yeah. why why you know yeah. but you know that doesn't mean being the two-year-old child no that's the thing. it just means embracing that yeah that curiosity yeah that curiosity without any limitation on yeah. it should have as you yeah. said or oh, the textbook says this or yeah. when i was in university yeah i had to do it this way yeah and so what you're saying correct me if i'm wrong is that okay it's good to have that as a grounding right yeah but in yeah. reality like we both experience through you know our corporate careers yeah you really do have to get your hands dirty by sometimes just sitting there and going it's okay not to know right yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. I don't know, you know, I don't know how we're going to get to the end point, but I know what we need to do next, you know, and so we'll figure out step number three, you know, after we've done step number one, you know, and yeah, and just see what happens because it changes, right? That's what agile is about too, right? So, yeah, absolutely. But even, I mean, again, we won't talk about agile too much, but even that for me is too rigid for my liking. Yeah. So again, it's a good for a framework, right? Yeah. Yeah. I love the fact that you said, you know, just... You know, get those first steps done, yeah. and then we'll see where we're at. Because yeah. I have to the guess, once you have that first bit, most individuals or teams of you working in a function will be like, ah, okay, maybe we can see, see, you know, past the trees now. We can see a bit of daylight. Yeah, we might have a way forward here. Yeah, and that's actually really powerful, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, it is. You know, and I looked at um, a project or program that I was involved in um, a long time ago now that when I started, I just had a hundred people on a pilot for some technology, you know, that's what I was worried about was just helping these people mm. manage this pro- program and use this technology and things. I didn't think about how many people I ultimately wanted using this or what I want to do yeah. with the whole, you know, ro- the big rollout and thing. I started with a hundred and then I went 150 and then, you know, 300 people. And then, you know, and it just rolled over three, Four years, you know, mm. ultimately I had, there were 10,000 people using this platform. We started with 100, you know, and we just did this iteratively and mm. talked to people about what would help them do their jobs better. And yeah, we never said, oh, I never said, oh, it's going to take me four years to roll out this <laughs> yeah. technology. And, be, and I'm, you know, before I get 10,000 people, you know, organizations look at some of these platforms and go, oh, well, we've got to have everybody using it. How are we going to do this? And and they want to boil the ocean as you know favorite yeah. phrase. I you know. I, yeah, it's an interesting thing you mentioned there because the pressure of you know especially if if you're a startup and you're in a funding round, mm-hmm. they always want to have the end goal, which again it, it, for me it seems that I know they've got to do that. It's tricky because like any business and especially if it's a large thing, it, it's tricky because to get the money you've got to convince someone who's willing to take that risk yeah. that you're going to be here by that date. But let's be honest, it's all kind of horseshit, right? Oh, sure <laughs> Because you, do, you don't know you can get there. And yeah. actually, how you said, just starting small and having the right people around you and just yeah. exploring it, yeah. knowing that it's going to expand. Yes. But then, it, correct me if right, if you put that rigid structure around it, aren't you actually missing out on some of the wonderful things that could happen absolutely. organically? No. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, which is why it's important to keep it open, you uh-huh. know. So it's good to know that you're trying to get to point B, but 
maybe there's maybe there's a hundred steps between point A and point B. Maybe there's a thousand steps between between point A and point B. So use that as a guidepost, certainly. Mm. And it's good to have a general idea of how, what you're going to do. Yeah. But but honestly, however many steps you've marked out, I will tell you right now, they're not going to work. Yeah. You know, and you have to adjust and on just the fly. Be okay with that, right? And be okay yeah. with it, and learn from it, and go on, mm. and not lose sight of the goal, ultimate goal. But yeah, it's okay if it ends up taking you a thousand steps instead of five hundred. I know. Which most things do. Yeah. Or, or they can do, right? Yo, absolutely. <laughs> and it's been okay with that. No, yeah. maybe you have to dance around. That you know, we we all draw this path in our head that's kind of straight, or maybe it's got a few lefts and right, but. Be wrong. It's usually quite wiggly. And oh, yeah, can go in all weird and wonderful ways. Yeah, but then absolutely. some of these paths take you in some cool places, right? Absolutely. Learn yeah. some interesting things along the way. Meet some interesting people yeah. along the way. Absolutely. So I'm so. guessing if we can just, you know, we're, we're both in the same business of yeah. you know, convincing people that that's the right way. Yeah. If they can just see that shaft of light from an in, but yeah. then that's where the good things happen, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I guess the yeah. more employees that get exposed to that, the better. Yeah. But yeah, I can understand that from a leadership perspective, if there's a personnel change, which in many companies I work for, I've gone through like three or four CEOs in, in a really short sure. space of time because yeah. of the board and this, that and the other and a change in strategy. Yeah. So what, what do you do in these places, you know? It's, yeah. yeah, yeah, you've got to be okay with the white space, you know? And that's where a lot of this stuff fits in is, is the white space. There isn't a box on the org chart for, for this. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's in between. But that's right? good to know, you know? I yeah. think a lot of people will actually resonate with that and be okay with that. Yeah. Because it's it's not a textbook thing, is it? It's just knowing that that's how things work. Yeah, right? and, it, and it's, it feels really uncertain and risky which is why it said yeah. risk a few minutes ago yeah. you know it, it because it feels like you're taking a step and you're not sure that the floor is there yeah. but you're pretty sure this is the right step and so you're gonna you know go and and try it and see what happens so and hopefully the floor comes up you know to meet you and if it doesn't then okay pull yourself back and you know figure out what yeah. what did you learn what did you learn one? and mm. yeah and adjust where you're going to put your foot the next time so yeah, yeah, that's good to know, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But it takes a lot of confidence. So. Yeah, and it takes, uh, you know, a little bit of a, I wouldn't say a leap of faith, but just knowing that you will always be okay. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that things won't go wrong, but yeah. ultimately, like we said, well, you're going to learn a hell of a lot. Yeah. Even though maybe at that time, just to, you know, manage expectations, it might be a bit tricky. Yeah. But afterwards, you'll be like, wow, okay, I'm, I'm still here. It's all yeah. good. I'm still breathing. Yes, <laughs> yes, I'm still yeah. alive. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah cool. absolutely. Okay. And what do you think about technology now? Because Mira and I have been talking a lot around this subject and, you know, our podcast that we've just launched is around Embrace Not Humanity. Right. And exactly what we're talking about today, so creativity, innovation, all of these human traits that we have in abundance that we just we just forget about because, you know, on a busy, hyper-connective yeah. overexposure to data and everything else that we have in the world now. Yeah. Do you see... Uh, machine learning, automation, and, you know, whether technology is just going as a threat at all? Or how do you see it as a creative person? I don't see it as a threat. Um, I think there's, well, where things are right at this moment, as far as I know, um, at least, there's a lot of hype and talk about this stuff, and the reality is much different. Mm. Um, one of the concerns I, I have, and, and I heard um, raised recently at a panel that I attended around AI and creativity was mm. the fact that um, the AI, as it stands now, just 
takes in whatever the data is out mm -hmm. there. Correct. So if there's there's racism and biases and prejudices mm -hmm. and things in the data, which there is because it's come from human yeah. beings, yeah. then that gets incorporated into the, the AI and, and yeah, the machine learning and things. And and so that concerns me. You know, when you look at the, the information out there on the internet, mm. there's so much stuff that does not reflect my values, you know? And yeah. so this concerns me that this is being incorporated into, yeah. you know, the AI system. Yeah, me too, and it's, it's a topic that I'm really passionate about as well, and that was a good spot, because the data, you know, I guess it's the same as the old industrial age, you know, back in the day it was steam and coal, so yeah. steam engines and people shoveling in, now it's shoveling large amounts of data into this machine that, yeah. Let's be honest, okay, there's some amazing experts and uh, me too, we've been speaking to some of late yeah. that are deeply creative, they're creating music solutions, for example, in Berlin. Yeah. But uh, we both agreed that, yeah, it's the human bit. You know, the, yeah. these technologies, correct me if I'm wrong, they're actually neutral, right? But it's, it's the problem is it's if, if a human's not clear of mind, and as you say, there's bias, and sometimes it's innocent as well, racism, sexism, all, all these other things. But these come out in the wash. So when, when these things are built, this comes out in in the, in the creation. Yeah. And I guess as humans, the tricky bit, totally agree, will be how do we manage that? And I've seen, well, we've attended many different events. We've been watching lots of different podcasts and listening to people's points of views. That's the only bit that concerns me because I don't really see any easy solution. I see governments and countries trying to regulate it. I think that's the wrong way to do it. However, um, yeah, but you can't leave companies to regulate themselves. That, no, we know yeah. that doesn't work. <laughs> but, so. but even regulation doesn't work. If you look at financial yeah. regulation as an example, in, yeah. or at least in my country, you know, of the UK, yeah. it's never really been, it's there and it's useful, but it, there's also been a lot of challenges. Yeah. Because again, governments have lobbyists and sure. you know, it gets tricky. And people yeah. game the systems. And, yeah. yeah, absolutely. But do you have... Um, Again, I don't have the answer on this, but I'd like to hope, and maybe I'm just being naive, that I do have faith in humanity, that although that we can innocently, you know, make things that are not so useful, and again, with this technology, it's very early stages, right? Yeah. So the media, to sell newspapers, and it, it's good news, right, to say the robots are going to take over and <laughs> sure. all this other stuff. But there are some things that we can actually, you know, do that are going to be damaging. Yeah. Uh, I'll give you an example on the really positive side. If we take and automate and use this technology where it is now, and it's possible to take away all of the crappy, drudgery, the boring jobs, and have all this labour, you know, jobs that are just algorithmic and boring, yeah. they're probably not good for humans, right? Yeah. Then, correct me if I'm wrong, that would free us up to do amazingly creative things and probably have some kind of sustainable income because there'll be so many advances with the technology just being automatic. Yeah. We'd be free to do that. But then part of me is like, is that really going to happen in our lifetime? Because there's many powers that be that are making lots of money that would stand to lose, obviously, untold wealth by yeah. allowing those gates to be opened again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know. Uh, yeah, I won't even take a guess. <laughs> there. I think there's some good that can come out of it, certainly, but I suspect there's, you know, some bad as well, as we have seen with some of the elections over the last little while. Yeah, so, let's not talk about those. Yeah, no, let's not go there. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, I think the possibility are there, but 
but human nature being what it is, yeah, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not gonna make a decision on that one. Yeah. So I like to believe the best about people, but some days it's really hard. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's challenging. Yeah. I, I just think that people or any any human being for for that matter exactly what we're doing right in the business yeah. that we're pointing them towards the creativity and yeah. just their own humanity i think the more that that happens yeah then i'm guessing oh. the more good things will happen in the world yeah but yeah. yeah what that will look like you know in the future yeah i wouldn't yeah. even want to take yeah. a guess at that yeah. yeah so if people want to contact you so a to buy some of your art, um, you know, because I'm surrounding by a lot of paintings here. <laughs> yes. I've just had a reminder there. And also, if someone wants to, you know, reach out to you to start a program or book you for some workshops, yeah, where would they contact you? What's the best place to reach out to? So uh, my art website is stephaniebarnesart.com. And my um, consulting, you know, the more business side of things is um, I use the brand name Entelechy, but my website is actually real. The real sorry, website is realizationofpotential.com with um, hyphens um, between the the words. So, um, yeah, that's where it is. Okay, well, it's been a real pleasure. Thank, Thank you. you for talking to me today. Thank you. All right, it's been fun. Thank you. Thanks. All right, see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Mind Takeaway podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, remember to subscribe, leave a review on iTunes and share with your friends.